Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Break Room Boys. I'm Nate, and that's Lucas. Hello, friends. And uh, we've got video now. Yeah. You can see us. I don't know that you want to. No, probably not. And we probably look like shit. Um, Yeah. I was just looking at the display on the camera, and uh, it looks like we're in an operating room that's soundproof for some reason. Um, We do have very clinical lighting here, like we're ready to do surgery on this this small table. Yeah, uh, there will be no surgery taking place. All we will be performing surgery on is a few beverages while we record. It's Friday night. It's not our typical recording time. Uh, Usually we're doing it during the week, but uh, if if you know what's been going on in Dallas, or especially if you live here, you know why we didn't record this week. Yeah, not Uh, only did we uh, not leave the house to record, we didn't leave at all. Um, yeah. I don't know if you did yesterday. Today was the first time I left the house since Monday, really? Monday evening. Yeah. No, so I think uh, I think either Tuesday or Wednesday I ventured out just down the street to uh, just to go get some seltzers or something because we were in the house just bored as shit mm-hmm. and we needed something to drink. And so I made a quick run and picked up some beverages and that was dicey. Um, but it was, it's like a half a mile up the road, so I figured, hey, what the hell? Like, what can really happen in half a mile? And uh, you know it was fine, but man, I'm glad we didn't. I didn't have to go any further than that because yeah. it, it was it was rough out there on those streets. It was, uh, and I told you ours was literally a, a hockey rink. And yeah, that's I, how our back our backyard was like that. Yeah, our dogs were hilarious trying to go out there and <laughs> take a shit on the ice. And because you guys use those little balloon looking well, like we, booties, we right? used to, uh, and they kind of wore through them. Uh, so we've we've yet to replace them, but. Um, well, we recently bought some, and I'm telling you, the balloon texture on on the bottom of paws mixed with sheer ice, it makes for some great videos. But it also makes you worry that your dog's about to tear his ACL. Yeah, not a lot of traction. Um, None. Um, Stella, um, my older dog, for I guess anyone who doesn't know, um, just went full spread eagle. Like her, her, <laughs> her old joints couldn't handle it. She looked like a potato sliding across the yard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, our street was the same. Like I took our garbage cans out last night, uh, in slippers like an idiot and, uh, was just like, was just like shuffling my way yeah. down the street. Yeah. It was bad enough where the only way of walking is literally to just slide your feet back and forth and just hope you don't bust ass. Yeah. You take a, like just a normal step and you, you will absolutely eat shit. Yeah. And this was not, uh, like for anyone who doesn't live here, it wasn't like a lot of snowfall. It was like, there's almost none. It was like a lot of sleet it looked like very tiny hail it was like mm-hmm. just little bitty ice chunks that collected over a couple of days and uh just created a, a sheet of ice it was it was more of an ice than a snow uh but finally thawed out today we were able to leave uh and yeah having a little weekend recording which we've maybe done one time before yeah i think we've done it one time on a sunday yeah but fucking uh not a school night we get to stay up and and act like hooligans so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, glad to spend our Friday night with you guys, meaning we'll probably post the episode tomorrow or Sunday. But uh, we don't have any football this weekend. We've got the Pro Bowl events going on and, um, you know, watching grown men play dodgeball. Yeah, are they? Uh, yeah, what? Well, they've added some stuff, right? Yeah, I, I haven't really tuned in, to be totally honest with you. None of that really gets me going. Not that the Pro Bowl game ever did either, but. No, I, I, I just want to see, like, the old school. Uh, skills competitions, like yeah. the fucking the long pass, and the uh, um, 
like the all the little quarterback drills and all the other like speed drills they used to do. You ever seen the old? This is before our time, but um, they used to do like Battle of the Stars, like the network TV stars and pro athletes would be in it. And then there was also just these ones where uh, I, I assume it was done during the Pro Bowl, where they would just have like uh, forty and sixty yard dashes, just like <laughs> uh, uh, like fastest players in the league would just line up and race, like yeah. and. Uh, it was a bunch of other shit like that. I, these guys are worth so much money now. It's probably like in their contract where they can't even do that. But well, I remember they had a uh, they used to have like a beach flag football game. I vaguely and, remember that. Yeah, and there was some running back in it one year, and you know I I, I wasn't expecting to kind of talk about this, so I haven't done any research to to remember who it is or what year it was. But mm-hmm. you had a running back who had a breakout year, and. Uh, he just absolutely tore his knee the fuck up in, in that in that flag football competition that up, on the beach. Now that, now that you say that, I, I remember that. Yeah, it um, ended his career. Yeah, I, I think he might have played in a couple games after that, but it was basically you had a guy that was on track to get a fat contract extension. I guess fat back in the day, so you know, two million dollars a year or something like that, but. Uh, yeah, he just tore his knee to shit and was never the same after that. So I'm sure there's there's some contractual stipulations to doing things like that. Yeah, but. it looks like it was uh, Robert Edwards of the of the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, um, that sounds right. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Can you imagine now uh, some guys in a contract year? And just wrecks his shit out just <laughs> for ESPNU or whatever. <laughs> Tony Pollard's out there just. Yeah. Breaking his shit and yeah. to play a what flag had, football is, game. What was his injury, by the way? I know he got like Tony Pollard. Yeah. Uh, he had a fractured ankle. Uh, I saw yeah. the air cast when he came off. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah. To to kind of keep on the football topics, we had championship weekend uh, this past weekend, and one of the games was really good, and one of the games went about as poorly as you could you could hope for. Yeah, it did, and. Um, I don't know if I'm like a fan of one of those losing teams. I don't know what's harder. It's like watching that frustrating into the game for Cincinnati, um, and, you know, when you had a sh- chance to win, or being a 49ers fan where on the, what, sixth play, Brock Purdy goes down and you have no chance. <laughs> I think <laughs> the, he had completed two passes before that. Yeah, it was, like I think that. it was their sixth play. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets hit, uh, tore his UCL, which is the most common baseball injury. Um and though you can still like kind of heave a football through it, it's he's his arm was basically like limp. It was it was dead. Uh, and at that point, so are the 49ers. Like uh, Josh Johnson comes well, in. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. their third string quarterback. And then you have jo- uh, Josh Johnson come in, yeah. a journeyman. He's played for like 13 teams. I think so. Yeah. I think he had attempted like two passes on the season. He looked awful. He, he didn't didn't look good. I mean, it's your fourth string quarterback though. You don't really expect a lot. Mm-hmm. But then he got hurt too. It was unbelievable. Like the, the the quarterback luck that San Francisco has had this year is unreal, and it's it's been on both ends of the spectrum. You had your first two quarterbacks go down. And you're like, oh oh Jesus! Now we got you know uh, a seventh round pick, last pick in the draft. Uh, he's coming in. What are we getting ourselves into now? And he won like eight straight games, something like that. Seven, eight, yeah. yeah. And he looked unbelievable. And then he goes down, and you're like, well, shit. So you've got this great luck with this guy that you don't expect to be any good at all after terrible luck with the first two quarterbacks. Right. And then he gets hurt, so you're back to the bad luck. And then Josh Johnson gets hurt. 
McCaffrey was the next quarterback in line. Yeah, I mean, they were just running wildcat uh, with, with Christian McCaffrey, like a high school team. Just snap it to your best well, athlete. Well, the, the funny thing is they actually brought Purdy back in to, to basically just hand the ball off mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. So I was actually looking forward to potentially seeing a good bit of McCaffrey wildcat, and I think that they actually would have stood a better chance of moving the ball if they did that. But uh, yeah, they just brought they just brought Brock Purdy's corpse out there with no arm. He, he had a couple checkdowns after that with no UCL, which yeah. is crazy. I, just, I saw him throwing left-handed on the sideline. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are we gonna do uh, to make it work? And it played right into the Eagles' hands, who uh, just did what they've done most of the years: uh, mount a lead and then just run the ball in yep. the second half. And uh, especially for Jalen Hurts, who's just now getting back to close to 100. percent you don't want to make him, you know, make unnecessary throws when you're leading in the second half. And I mean, the 49ers couldn't do anything. And so um, yeah, it was basically that their new uh, Philly's just going to run in the second half. And that's what they did. And it was kind of a sad ending to a good run for the Niners. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah. And the, the thing that makes it even more sad is as you're watching this game, the 49ers are hanging in there. They, they were playing great defense. The Eagles' offense was pretty pedestrian for most of the game, mm-hmm. but it seemed like every single key third down there was a penalty, like every single time. And they ended up with 11 penalties on the game, and I want to say like nine or ten of them were defensive, and it seemed like every one of them came at the worst possible time. It did. It did seem like that. Um, I, it was like a, a it was like a college game can can kind of get that way down the stretch where every deep ball is a pi. Um, you know, every questionable call as a whole. Like, it's, it definitely felt like that. Um, and there wasn't, there's was a lot of, it was kind of sloppy throughout parts of the game. It was kind of clunky. Um, I mean, again, the Eagles knew they probably didn't have to do anything spectacular, just kind of, you know, keep the ball rolling, chew the clock. But, um, yeah, it was it was had to be frustrating as a as a 49ers fan knowing like if you just had your third string quarterback in you'd uh, it'd at least be a game but uh yeah. they are, their depth chart was depleted um you know that was the, And it seemed like every key player went down with an injury during that game too. Fred yeah. Fred Warner got hurt for mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh he came back in. Fred Warner a guy who still is like somehow underrated. Like that guy is an animal. Yeah. Um and one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, just just an aside, like if you watch their games, he is in on every single tackle. Yeah, but, and he he's great in pass coverage. Yeah. Uh, he can stop the run. He can rush the passer. He's unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, and then beyond that, you had Nick Bosa go down for a little bit on a crazy play out of bounds, where a guy tosses a dude and his his cleat just clips him right on the leg. You can see him bleeding through his sock. Yeah. Just like how how much worse can their luck get this game? Tough look for Joey Bosa walking into the stadium. Oh, you see man. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was a great video. Uh for anyone that didn't see that, basically uh you got Joey Bosa going into the game rocking his Niners gear. I imagine he's with his parents and girlfriend or whatever. He's wearing yeah. a 49ers uh jacket. And Philly fans being who they are, oh, yeah. are chirping hard at him, basically chanting his name and making fun of him for his team not being there and all, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect from Philly fans. And I feel like most pro athletes, most people that are really good at what they do, they kind of take it in stride and, you know, clap back at him a little bit. But 
<laughs> he was like, he was yelling back at him. He's like, oh, you taking that video for your butt buddies yeah, back home? Like, butt buddies, he, dude? He used butt, he buddies. Used butt buddies. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, he, I'm rich, you're poor, basically is what he said. It was really sad to watch, actually. Yeah. I mean, he handled it about as bad as you possibly could. And the could. Philly fan, but this is this Philly fan was a uh, a great ambassador to, to uh, Eagles fans. He was like, he knew exactly what the response he was going for. He needled him just right. And once Bosa, once he got what he wanted from Bosa, he didn't do the thing that a lot of people, like cowards, do. Where he's like, I'm just kidding, man. You know, I'm just messing with I'm actually a big fan. He just fucking started laughing because he was like, I got you. He was like, I got you, dude. You are a millionaire. You are one of the best athletes in the world. And I just got under your skin so bad you just called. You just said I was, I was with my butt buddies. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of the exchange is they're right outside the stadium. Clearly, everyone's getting ready to go in. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to go into the game because I can afford it. And the guy's like, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm also here outside the game because I have tickets. Uh, yeah, that was – you don't see a lot of athletes get owned like that. Yeah, most of the time they just completely ignore – or maybe some of the, you know, like more savvy ones have a, a clever response or whatever. Right. But he, like, clearly let this random dude get the best of him, and it was great. It was a bunch of people too. But, yeah, yeah just to go back to what we're talking about, I mean, the Eagles, they won 31-7. So, I mean, obviously it wasn't a close game. Yeah. I think a lot of it had to do with the untimely penalties. The Eagles' offense didn't look that great. I mean, they ran the ball decently well, um, but they ended up at 3.8 yards per play. San Francisco had 3.6. Yeah. So it was it was just a, a kind of an ugly offensive game to watch. Mm-hmm. They're both great defenses. I think I fell asleep um, to late third quarter, maybe. Like it was well when the game was well in hand for the Eagles. Yeah, but you missed nothing. Yeah. It, again, I woke up and um, I don't think. Maybe the Eagles scored one more touchdown, but um, yeah, again, you didn't want to force Jalen Hurts, um, you know, to make any risky throws or make any throws at all. Uh, make sure he's he's one hundred percent going into the Super Bowl. But we talk about, I mean, just a a nice easy road to the Super Bowl for Philly. It's what I mean. It's like kind of like what you hope for. Um, yeah, and they've got most everybody. It seems healthy. Uh, they're going to be facing yeah. off against Kansas City, who had some some key injuries in their game. And I guess that leads us into our next topic, which is the Cincinnati versus KC game. Great game. Uh, Mahomes and Burrow both looked good for the most part. Um, Cincinnati shut down the run game. Mm-hmm. Kansas City could not move the rock on the ground at all. And they said, you know what, Mahomes, you got a hurt ankle. We're going to force you to win this game. Both teams, I think, uh, I don't remember the exact passing numbers, I think Mahomes had about 130, 140 at the half. Burrow had a, a little over 100 uh, after that last drive. But both teams had eight carries for 19 yards at halftime. Yeah. Like, their the run game was non-existent for both sides. Um, and it, a really good defensive play in the in the first half. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a, a good quarterback play. Burrow ended with two picks. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them was an, a really, really good defensive play. Yeah. With the tip pass and then the safety coming over the top to get it. Um yeah, it lights out defense, really, from both teams. But uh, a lot of complaining about the officiating in the NFC game and a ton of complaining about the officiating in this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some questionable calls, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, you've, you've got the play at the end of the game where Mahomes got hit out of bounds. I thought that was a good call. Yeah, it I definitely mean, was. I think he yeah. had clearly stepped out. But there were a lot of Cincinnati fans that shared another video where uh, – I want to say it was uh, 
I want to say it was Mixon was running out of bounds, and he was just as far out of bounds as Mahomes was, and he got hit late, and they didn't mm-hmm. end up throwing a flag on that. And you'll always get that. You always get that at the end of these games where people – College or NFL, they pull. They'll find a late hit on the quarterback that didn't they, get they'll called. They'll find. Yeah. They'll find anything. Holding, misholding. There, there are calls, missed yeah. calls throughout every game. For sure. And I, I you know, I, I just think that the play at the end there, Joseph Osai, 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 Osai yeah. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more here in a sec. But uh, yeah, Mahomes ended up throwing for three twenty six and two touchdowns. He was clearly hobbled. He For did sure. he did not look comfortable the entire game, but he was still just throwing darts that all throw, over the field. That throw to Valdez Scantling, um, I think is the second touchdown. I mean, yeah, rocket. And he's uh, like, um, we talked about him. We were in here last week. I knew he was going to play. Like if, if he can move at all, um, you know, he's going to get back there and give it a shot. And uh, even with the other defense knowing, he's obviously hobbled. Uh, and there were some plays that he probably makes, you know, if healthy um, Sunday, but it f- finds a way to get it done and, like, converted more on third down in Cincinnati, um, just found a way to spread it around. And then that throw, that that late hit obviously got them into field goal range, but he already had the first down. Like, that was yeah. a gutsy-ass run. Like, he's a tough dude. He, and that's – you know, you can really get into the weeds and argue semantics with who's the most talented and who's the best quarterback in the league, but um, there's no doubt he's got whatever intangibles or whatever, you know, comes in addition to the physical talent where the dude just fucking wins games. And it helps to have Andy Reid, and it helps to have some weapons, but... It you know, also helps to have Cincinnati giving them bulletin board material coming into the game, which there was plenty of that supplied. No doubt. And and Andy Reid does a good job, and, and the Chiefs keep it under wraps, and then you see when they win, immediately Kelsey oh. calls out the mayor. Uh, Chris Jones is, is like, fucking Burrowhead what? You know, just call, <laughs> and, like, they clearly were not pleased about all this and shit. And for anyone that, that missed what the Cincinnati mayor said, I, this loss is entirely on, on him. him. It's entirely it's on him. the The football gods were not going to allow that to to, to go by with without some retribution. For anyone that missed it, in the days leading up to the game, he declared he, he declared officially that uh, January 29th was they got to play us day, and he also issued a uh, an ask of Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to determine if he was in fact Patrick Mahomes' father. I mean, dude, you talk about the balls on this mayor. <laughs> Holy from shit. From a, a city who, uh, one, hosts the Cincinnati Reds, two, killed Harambe. <laughs> dude, like, you got to know your place if you're <laughs> the Cincinnati mayor. What the Bengals did last year, super impressive. And Joe Burrow, you know, as much as, like, I hate LSU to my bones and the fact that he won a national championship – the guy's hard to, to dislike, uh, and, you know, my girlfriend's in love with him. I think every woman <laughs> is. Um, but, like, uh, Pat, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and the Chiefs, dude. This is not the Bills and Josh Allen who are super talented but haven't won anything. And, like, it's still, you know, this team's proven. He has a Super Bowl. He's been two. Andy Reid is the winningest coach on two different franchises. <laughs> and, like, you can't do that, man. You can't call your shot like that. No, I, yeah. I I completely agree, and I think they had a lot of reason to be as 
as cocky as, yeah, as, sure. as, maybe not as cocky, but as confident. They're on a 10-game win streak. They've beaten the Chiefs three straight times. Um, Zach Taylor's a badass. Their team is really good. Yeah, but uh, I yeah. think what you do with that is you, you go in with that silent confidence. You don't give the bulletin board material. You shut up and you act like you've been there. Because you just were there last year. On the road at Arrowhead, too. Like, this is not a... Like, yeah, you won there. I get it. You won the last time you played there. But, like, again, yeah, you're not strolling into... Um, you know any old stadium like this is this is like arguably the toughest place to play in the NFL uh the most successful franchise over the last five years um and it was a, a bit premature on that guy's part um that said they had a chance to win the game and and, and it looked like when they when uh so the the Chiefs first of all had that third down that never happened the wrinkle in time play yeah. which uh makes sense like technically it was correct but I I don't recall ever seeing that before um, where a play gets played all the way through and then is stopped because of uh, the clock. and was it, it was the clock never started, right? I believe uh, and, so, yeah. And so you do have to replay it, but normally that like that play gets blown dead. Um, so it's a third down that the Chiefs uh, throw an incomplete pass. The refs huddle. Um, I, they have to play the, the down again like it never happened. Mahomes gets sacked. And so that that really doesn't even matter. I guess it shaved a few seconds off the clock, but Cincinnati gets the ball back with uh, under two minutes. They have, or just over two minutes. I think the two minute warning yeah. happened right after they got the ball. Um, and it's like here we go again. Like Burrow's going to drive down. They're going to win this game. They're going back to the Super Bowl. Um, and the Chiefs' defense, like Chris Jones in that front, was just nasty all game. Um, Big sack on third down. Huge sack on third down. Uh, and it, it winds up being the Chiefs who drive it down. And we talked about the, the late hit from Osai that put them in field goal range. But, yeah, man, they're the Chiefs. Like, this is not, it shouldn't, like, <laughs> shock anybody. And and I talked about it when we sat here last week. And I was like, even with the ankle, dude, it's, I just cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, unfortunately, I did. Yeah. So I, I took the Niners and I took Cincinnati. <laughs> it was not a good betting weekend. I also had a, a couple. Um, I had a couple of different, uh, what's it, uh, I had a couple bets on We got to pour some whiskey, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I had Kyle Juszczyk scoring a touchdown in the in the Eagles game. I took that at plus 1,000. I figured, hey, what the hell, you know, throw 10 bucks on it, and, and if I win, that's a, that's a quick 100. Um, and then I forget who I had in, the, in, in that game. But, oh, I had Mixon scoring a touchdown, which – yeah, P. Ryan uh, kind of took that one from him. It was the, yeah. one of the only touchdowns there. But, yeah, man, um, clearly I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And I, I think this week I will be taking the Chiefs. So anybody that's listening to this that knows my betting history, hammer the Eagles. And we'll get more into our betting picks and some of the uh, some of the prop bets that we've got coming up this week. Uh, we'll have another episode before the Super Bowl, so we'll we'll talk through some of that. And basically, all, all you need to know is just bet against anything that I'm saying. So yeah, um, uh, good for Jalen Hurts. Like also a uh, guy that who we've uh, you know had a interesting relationship with as Alabama fans. Uh, a guy that like I've loved ever since I saw him play. He's just like just ice cold, um, super talented. You and I, I think we both called for Tua to be the starter uh, while they were at Alabama, did. and everybody did. It's not like, and 
that's been a, a big thing recently online too that we won't get into uh, whether he's an Oklahoma or Alabama guy, which is, uh, people are going crazy with that. Um, but just like a guy who has been through his ups and downs, and you see so many guys now with NIL, with uh, the transfer portal, and even in professional sports, you and I were, were talking about Kyrie before we pressed record. Guys who immediately want to jump ship and like leave a tough situation and have no patience or fucking like toughness or competitiveness um Jalen Hurts like is the opposite of that he's he got benched at Alabama he came in and won a game uh after two got injured SEC championship game like uh, when we were behind he um is just an incredible dude goes to Oklahoma gets better and better uh Philly's pissed when they draft him because they have Carson Wentz and he's their guy and like and now like he you know is an MVP finalist and is is the quarterback of a, a Super Bowl. Team. I feel the need to talk a little bit about the Eagles here and, and that that decision that they made to move on from Wentz and to to go with Jalen Hurts because I think that presents a stark difference between my Cowboys and the Eagles and I really hate giving the Eagles any credit. I hate that franchise more than probably any other pro team in major sports, mm-hmm. but. Their decision to move on from Carson Wentz and go with Jalen Hurts, a a move that, as you mentioned, was not a particularly popular one, we see how that's playing out. Mm -hmm. You you go with a guy who's on a rookie deal, and you're able to surround him with a bunch of talent and just dudes at all different positions. They've got the best offensive line in football. There's no question about that. They've got great receivers. They've got two number one receivers. They've got an insane defense. Um, that is the big difference that, that I see between the Eagles and teams like the Cowboys who are, to a fault, they're, they're just loyal to their guys. Like, always, always. Zeke Elliott should not have touched the ball near as many times as he did this year with Tony Pollard in the, back, in, in the backfield. Mm. But then at the same time, you see the lack of loyalty with guys like Amari Cooper, and you saw a receiving core this year yeah. that really struggled. So... It's just you've got you've got guys in power there for the Eagles that have to make decisions, and they're like, "Look, you know, if this doesn't work out. That's my job's on the line." But I'm going to make this decision because I think it's best for the team. Whereas with the Cowboys, the guys making decisions own the fucking team, yeah. and there are no checks and balances. Yeah. It, if they make a bad decision, oh well, you know, are you going to fire the owner? You can't. Um, and I, and I, I don't mean to derail this whole thing and go down a Cowboys rabbit hole again. No, it's. I mean, but, uh, we've only got one football game left. It's uh, you know I'm, I'm fine going down that rabbit hole if need be. But it's it. Jerry Jones is such an interesting case study because it's like he's done it before. He's had the coach. He's had the Hall of Fame quarterback, and not j- even before Aikman and Jerry Jones. The the Cowboys have had Roger Staubach, and like uh, I mean they've had. Um, just a history of like stars and great coaches, and uh, then they had Aikman and you know Emmett Smith, like Hall of Famers, like all timers, and it's like, you know, because of that, and you know, you fall in love with guys that you scout and you draft and you pay a lot of money. Um, it's like you want them to be the next iteration of that guy, and it's hard to cut ties with those guys. I mean. It, I'm sure it is. If you're a coach or a GM or an owner, I'm sure it's hard to let this guy you've known since he was like 21 and you pay, you know, made him a millionaire and he's helped your team. 
But that's why I like Belichick, and not that he, the moves he made were always perfect, but they always knew when to cut guys loose like a year before they fell off right. or like right before. Maybe they tr- went to another team more productive for a, you know, a year or two, whatever. But it's like they always had that keen sense of like, all right, it's time. Like it's time to move on. Um, and it's hard to do. Yeah. You know, but you're right. I mean, in the Cowboys case, they are pretty bad at that. And I, I think I think the the biggest glaring difference in, in how how things go with those two franchises uh, really can be compared along the, the Zeke and, and Carson Wentz lines. They both got big contracts, but the Eagles were willing to say, look, we might have made a mistake with that. Like it's, it's it's probably time to move on and find the next best thing. But the Cowboys, you've had two straight years of Zeke looking terrible since he signed that contract. And yeah. this year going into it, Tony Pollard had shown flashes before that he Oh yeah, if you've been watching he, the Cowboys for the last the best, two years, he's you the know. best running back. Yes. NFL players, I don't know if you saw this, but they they had the top five players at each position as voted on by NFL players. Tony Pollard came in at number three for running backs. Oh yeah, number three. He's uh, and and you know what? Tony Pollard started this season great. He was really good all year. And and what what do you hear? You go, you know, Jerry Jones goes on one hundred five three the fan and says this this offense still runs through Zeke. Zeke still gets all the touches. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's not quite a meritocracy when there are millions of dollars involved in the pay scale. You know what I mean? And it's, it, like, it's just so stupid, though. It, like, it is, but, you know... It, admit you made a mistake and, and move on, like the fucking Eagles did. Yeah. Like, also, <laughs> at, at, at quarterback, like, if Dak... And it, in hindsight now, after, you know, their loss uh, to the 49ers, like, it, it's easier to say. Like, it, you know, people have finally crossed that bridge, but... It's not like Dak was played as poorly as Carson Wentz because the quarterback position is obviously the most important. It's the most criticized, um, and Wentz wasn't just not great anymore. What was it? His second year, he almost won. He, if not for injury, probably would have won MVP. He yeah. Was fine. After that, it wasn't just that he didn't look that good. It, he was he was just bad, <laughs> and uh, Dak has never quite. Arguably, maybe this year after the injury when he came back a few games, but he's never looked just outright like benchable, like terrible. He's been more like Kirk Cousins, where it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna get decent numbers, probably probably pretty good numbers, but like I'm not gonna make a ton of winning plays. You know what I mean? And clearly, like you and I talked about their loss to the 49ers. Um, but at quarterback, it's just more glaring. And so I guess you know if you know with Zeke Elliott. And the you know running backs becoming what they are now, um, less and less valuable. You know, it's just like well, well, exactly, and that's why I feel like it's an easier decision. To, I would to, to move on I from agree. the running back. I, yeah, I completely agree, especially when you have Tony Pollard. And I'm really hoping that that is the case this off season. I think we can cut ties with Zeke and not lose out on a ton of money. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. I, I have no reason to trust the Cowboys to make the right decision there. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. But, um, you know, you mentioned the phrase crossing the bridge. So we'll move on to our next topic, and that's Tom Brady crossing the bridge into retirement for the second time. Again, yeah, he's he's headed back. You think this one will stick? No. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he might actually not play this season. I'd be a little surprised if that lasts for two seasons. I think that the right 
opening is going to come come to be, and I think that he'll be back, whether whether that's this offseason or next. He'll definitely start next season still retired. Whether he'll finish next season retired, we'll see. And, yeah, um, it, it, a lot of talk around his broadcast career. Am I the only one to think, like, he – I don't think – Necessarily, he'd be that great. Like I got, I, th- I think he would be very good. The problem is, though, he's got he's got the deal with Fox, right? Yeah. They've got a really good, they've got a really good guy in there already. Greg Olson okay. is really, really good. Yeah, and, he, and he's not going to replace him. There's no doubt Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time, knows football, but uh, he's never, you know. I, I like it. I like Greg Olson a lot, so I'm a little biased there. Like I, I just think he does a really good job, and I think he's funny, and I just, you know, very. Uh, I like the way he communicates. But Tom, Tom Brady's always been kind of kind of a weirdo, uh, <laughs> just like kind of a kind of a weird guy in press conferences. And not that I don't I don't think he could like do the job, but yeah, I like Greg Olson. He's really fucking good. Yeah, I think Greg Olson is great. Yeah. I, I'd really really enjoy listening to him on broadcasts. Um, I do think that Tom Brady would be outstanding. I just don't know how you do that. Would you would you have a situation where you got two guys in there kind of bouncing stuff off each other? I don't think that that would be a good move. Yeah, I don't. I don't so know. I don't. I have no idea. Do you put him in studio? Maybe. Maybe put Greg on the sideline. I imagine was. What I, they I would do, hope but, not. Right. I mean, he's he's been awesome. Uh, and I like I know if anybody's like earned the automatic spot in the booth, it's Tom Brady. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. They they're in a kind of a, a win win situation, I guess. Either way, but uh, yeah, I, I like Greg Olson, so I'm I'm partial to him. We'll see what happens. I, uh, I saw I saw a tweet about Tom Brady that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> someone said this man retired, came back, got divorced, and retired again so he could play more golf. Yeah. without having a wife, <laughs> like fucking legend. <laughs> He doesn't have that that skinny, tall, weird woman keeping him away. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, he's you know a single man now. We talked about it. His family's just in shambles. They're they're no more. So he's still making out with his sons though. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, they've got like facial hair now. They're like grown. But yeah, we'll see. I I know. Yeah, he likes to play golf. I'm sure he's he's got some hobbies. I know he was obviously a he had that. Insane regiment uh, while he was playing to, to obviously he's forty five like he's doing something right he's taking care of himself. Um, well, he's gonna have to. He's one of those guys I feel like is like never gonna truly retire and just sit on the couch like you know he's just not wired that way. We'll he's see. He's also if, just got a shit ton of money coming his way from Fox. So. We'll see if he stays you know on the on that side of the bridge and like goes all into this Fox gig or if he has to scratch that itch again and becomes Brett Favre and just like retires and unretires every year. I lean more that direction just because I think that his competitive itch is really beyond anyone else we've probably ever seen. I do think he's reached that point though uh, where he's got to be in the right situation to win. Like I know they just won the Super Bowl uh, year before last, but um, he and not that he's fallen off a ton physically. He was never the most physically gifted quarterback, um, you know, and he's obviously still sharp. Um, but I think he's got to really have some help around him, and unless he gets sort of the right situation fall in his lap, 
I don't think he's just going to go back into any uh, like Brett Favre did with the Vikings or or the yeah. Jets. You know, like I think it's going to have to be he can come in and there's talent around him. He can win games, um, and I don't know where that's going to be. So. Well, on the flip side, too, I think that Tom Brady's the type of guy that you bring in and other free agents want to go play with him. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I, so I it doesn't have to be the perfect situation, but I, I do agree. There there needs to be some pieces in place for him to decide to do that. Um, and I don't know what the, the market looks like past this, this offseason. I know that there are some semi-attractive landing spots as it stands right now. I think the Raiders made sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, although... Based on Devontae Adams and the way that he's been talking, it sounds like uh, old Aaron Rodgers might be making a move to, to Vegas. So we'll see about that. Yeah. But I uh, want to cap off our sports talk with just a, a quick update on the uh, the Live versus PGA Tour uh, back and forth that we've had going on. So we had a, we actually had a couple things. Um, so Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed had a little kerfuffle over the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were both playing in a tournament in Dubai. It's a, I think it's a relatively big tournament outside of the, the PGA landscape. And uh, Patrick Reed tried to come up and, and say hi to him on yeah, the practice no, range. no nice guy, Patrick Reed, trying to talk to dickhead Rory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Rory, as you would expect, just completely ignored him. Yeah. Just completely ignored him. So Patrick Reed takes out a tee and like tosses it in his, in his direction, and I think that the the blowback that that received was completely ridiculous. When you saw the tweets about it, how he threw a tee at him, and then you actually saw the video where he basically just takes a tee out and like tosses it over in his direction. I mean, it's like, all right, this is about as crazy as it gets in golf. Even if he th- fucking threw it like like uh, a baseball, it's a golf tee, dude. <laughs> like it's. Not- who cares? So that got blown out of proportion. Rory actually had some pretty funny remarks on that. Uh, he basically said, like, I just didn't feel the need to, to talk to him. Like, why would I? Appease this fat clown. Um, and there were some other things that were said. But it, as it turned out, the tournament ended up being basically it came down to Patrick Reed or Rory McIlroy. And um, on day three, Patrick Reed hit a shot. Uh, off the tee into some trees, and his ball got lodged in a tree. In the tree, yeah. Yeah, and basically the ruling on that is if that happens and you cannot identify your ball in the tree, you have to go back to the tee, and it's basically a stroke penalty. You know, it's in and back. So that's one shot, two shots back to the tee. You're teeing off for your third shot. Yeah, and that sucks, but also the odds of your ball landing in a tree are not that well high. if you see if you see those particular trees they're like palm trees they are yeah and they've got some like a, of the shorter fronds that actually they catch they catch golf it's balls. like a pocket if, up there yeah and if you look at those trees there's there's golf balls littered in them yeah um which kind of takes us to to the controversy here he goes to the furthest tree towards the hole and he says, that's my ball. Like, he looks at it with a pair of binoculars, and he goes, you see that little arrow on the ball? That's how I mark my ball. That's my ball. Uh, but if you go back and you look at the replay, he hit his ball in the first, the first tree, tree, closest yeah. to the tee box. Mm-hmm. The ruling on that is you have to be 100% sure, 100% sure that that is your ball, or else you have to go back to the tee box. He was... 100% sure that that was his ball in the third tree, 
Whereas cameras absolutely caught that ball going into the first tree. Yeah. Patrick Reed for you. Like that's also every he can't he can't stop. He literally can't. He is his golf's Grayson Allen. He, <laughs> he's like he's got it in his bones, dude. He cannot. Except I don't think that Grayson Allen tries to pretend that he's innocent. Maybe not now. I feel like he did maintain that for a while. But it, it it's also um Every time this happens, every time there's Patrick Reed's in the news, um, which, by the way, just golf facts. Amazing. It's the best thing. It's the (laughs) funniest thing in sports is that a a pro golfer and his wife, it seems to be primarily his wife. It's 100% his wife. I think it's sometimes him, too. Really? Yeah. I I don't think I'm the only one to speculate this. I, I believe it's a shared account. But... Use, I believe it's called Use Golf Facts. Yeah. All caps facts. Um, Patrick Reed and his wife operate a Twitter account where they get into spats with uh, random people. Random people. Not, not just golf analysts and well known voices in golf. Literally, fucking me and you, if we tweeted about <laughs> Patrick Reed within an hour, there would be Use Golf Facts in our mentions. And people, you know, a lot of burners get exposed and immediately deleted. Um, you know, people hide from it. They'll say it was a hacker, say it wasn't them. People would just be like, good shit, Justine. That's Patrick Reed's wife, <laughs> Justine Reed. They'll be like, good shit, Justine. Uh, they're also apparently very litigious, so we should we should be careful how we dance around this. But um, they'll just – everyone knows it's her, and, and she just doesn't care. Like, she just keeps on tweeting through it. The thing that I find the weirdest about this is it is very clear to everybody – Everybody that it is Justine Reed because there is not a an ardent and people will literally tweet at the account. Well, Justine, have you considered? And it will that account will still respond. But the the thing that's so weird to me is that even knowing this, she tweets about the Reeds in like third person. Yes, she'll be like Patrick Reed. No, she'll be like the Reeds. The Reeds Reeds aren't big drinkers. Like. Or, or shit like that. The Reed estate does not acknowledge it. Um, yeah, it's, that it's so weird. And and they uh, and she'll also if if uh, yeah if someone's like dude that he clearly you know like his ball clearly went into the first tree and he laid one down or he lied about spotting the ball. Like Patrick Reed has a clean track record on tour. <laughs> it's like um, it's so bizarre, but it's so funny. And the account has like twenty, probably twenty to 50,000 followers like it's <laughs> so well known now and uh it's just like yeah I don't give a fuck like we're going <laughs> to use golf facts uh no one is that big of a a Patrick Reed fan like no or or defender like no. it's very clearly even the live tour defenders like the the hardcore like live tour is my thing now like n- none of them like Patrick Reed which who do you know a single guy I see him online do you I see him online. I don't know anybody in my personal sphere that's like fucking live tour. Like, yeah, dude, fifty-four holes of golf, shotgun start, let's go. Saudi's like, got it figured out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody like that, but I see him online. It's very weird. But uh, anyway, so that was you know, I, I will say this: the the the, uh, the golf Netflix show made by the producers of uh, of the F one Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. That golf show debuts, I want to say it's February 15th, maybe. Um, that is going to be amazing. As a golf fan, I'm, I'm very excited. For those who don't even watch golf, you still want to tune in. It, it 
it looks like it's going to be so good. There's been one kind of preview trailer, and um, what a year. What a year to start that show. Yeah. With, they literally started that show the, the same year that PGA Tour and Liv were kind of fracturing off into two separate things. Well, I mean, fracturing off. Liv Tour became a thing and started poaching PGA Tour players. It's going to be so good because you've got live guys and you've got PGA Tour guys that are a big part of this doing interviews. Um, it, it's going to be so electric. I can't wait. Yeah, and there and, and I, you know, I guess there's something about like individual sports uh, where you, you know, it, I guess the live guys are a part of a team. They have teams. As yeah, I there's understand. there's team competitions and there's individual. Kind of like NASCAR F1, where you're part of a team, but you're also an individual entity. Um, it, I, I think it'll work great. I mean, with F one, it's like little sat, like cute, sassy European men, just like <laughs> just beefing with each other. And in golf, it's gonna be like bad body, but you, but like you country s- club dorks, like going at it. Yeah, but you see the the popularity that has grown with F one in, in the United States since that Netflix show came out. You've got people that never ever even considered watching F1 that are now diehard fans. And I kind of wonder if it's going to if it's going to be the same thing with with the PGA Tour and Live now. Yeah. Where you've got people that are now getting into golf. Yeah. Um kind of for the same reasons. I will say this, F1 on a week to week basis, the interviews that are given um the quotes by the drivers like they they basically provide the fodder to make that show what it is. And you've started to see that a little bit this season, this this latest season in golf, mm-hmm. where you're starting to see kind of that sassy back and forth and all of that. That's been a thing with F1 forever, golf and that's what needs, made it such an obvious play. Golf needs so much more of that. Yeah, and I know I would agree. A, there's a there's a code to uphold, and golf is a gentleman's game. Ironically, although you and I would go out and like crush a, a case of beer, like playing <laughs> golf, like. Um, it needs more like fuck you. Like we need more like John Daly. Um, just like we need more McElroy and Patrick Reed. Just personality, yeah. And those are two good golfers. Um, one's very beloved and one's hated. We need more of that. We need like more rivalries we can get behind, and more than just like you know, just subtle claps and like uh, the chivalry or the, all the bullshit. It's like just be a yeah, be an individual. Be out a there. professional athlete that makes. So much fucking money and just get cocky. Yeah, dude. And I like, and you and I are Justin Thomas guys, obviously. Like, he's one of the, it's more common now among the younger guys that they actually show emotion. Like, they get fired up. I know he's not, he's not the only one. He'll drop, he'll drop a slur on the court. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like, we. Yeah, my, my mind immediately went to when he missed a putt and called himself a faggot. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Dude. Yeah, we don't endorse that, but. No, definitely show not. Show a little personality out there, you know? Uh, it's just, you know. <laughs> Didn't Polo drop him? Didn't Ralph Lauren drop him after that? Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, man. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I mean, there needs to be a little bit of, like, Happy Gilmore was on to something. Like there needs to be a little bit more personality in golf, and, and we're starting to see it. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're they are literally uh, starting to compensate PGA Tour players on their social media exposure and bringing more eyes to the sport, uh, which I think was a great move. And and I'm hoping, you know, especially once people start watching this Nes- this Netflix show, 
the more these guys start to pop off at each other, the more entertaining it becomes because I started getting into golf before all that started happening. Right. And I just like watching good golf because it, it just it shocks me at how good these guys are at doing the things that they do because any any person can go buy a bag of clubs and try to go out there and hit PGA Tour shots and you realize how fucking difficult that is. Yeah, well, to shape a golf ball? Yeah. I'm lucky if I hit it remotely straight. Yeah. To shape a golf ball around a tree and put it 3 feet from the cup. What they're doing is well, I I think it's arguably the the most skilled sport out there. Yeah, I mean I I'll I'll always argue uh, just baseball is it, just uh, p- pitching or hitting is is at the top of that mountain but i agree with you like you and i can get lucky and hit one incredible golf shot around they do it the whole round four days in a row they do it four days in a row like they like the, against a bunch insane. of other dudes yeah. that would wipe the floor with anyone they ever played against oh yeah i mean the nba too like if uh the diff, the jump from high school to d1 to then the nba is insane. Like those yeah. NBA, you could like those are arguably the most skilled dudes. But yeah, um, uh, golf is incredibly uh, fun to watch. Like if you play the game at all and know how difficult it is. Uh, but it's been a boring sport for a long time. You know, and, and, and that, to be honest, yeah. the lack of personality has been a big contributor to that. It has, if, yeah. if you would have put this show out in the '90s or early 2000s, you'd basically have. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and, like, everyone else. And back then, Phil Mickelson was a quiet, like, trying-to-please-everybody sort of dude, which he is not that anymore. No, he is. Yeah. Uh, you've got this perfect storm of golfers starting to gain their voice and starting to chirp back at people. You've got you've got these guys with big personalities like Max Homa and Justin Thomas yeah. and Rory McIlroy and, on the other side of things, Patrick Reed. Brooks, you know, Love yeah. him or hate him, mostly hate him. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. You've got this perfect storm of all this shit that's kind of coming together, and now this show is coming out. I want to see golf move past the thing where you, you watch it to fall asleep on a Sunday. Right. To, like, let's lock in. Like, let's see how these dudes do. Let's find a golfer that we want to root for and yeah. fucking root them on. Yeah, and this will be we can, this will be the last thing we say about golf and we can get moving. I don't yeah. know where we stand time-wise, but I do think – our generation and dudes under 40 and especially dudes in their 20s um, at least make like live events more fun now like the crowd is way better I'll say and I don't know what that is I don't know you know if if this generation just plays more golf than before but like the the crowds are so much better now especially at majors they're just big drinking events yeah I mean it is like I and that's a great draw. It's like go stand outside. What you what you've seen happen? So the the waste management open in Phoenix has always been the great big, example. Yeah, the big drinking event yes. where everyone just shows up and gets fucking rowdy. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've seen happen is all of these different events that take place across the country. They're trying to incorporate a little bit of that. The the crowds, I mean, mm-hmm. where you see people show up four days straight just getting hammered and. It's not quite as encouraged at some of these events, but as time moves on, you start getting more people into golf. Uh, you're going to see more and more of that, and it does just make a much more watchable product. It make, it makes for a great event to attend. Yeah. I love going to PGA Tour events. Yeah. I have never been to one before moving out to Dallas. They are so fucking fun, and you can get closer to the action than you can at pretty in pretty much any other sport. Yeah. Like, if you want to get that close for NBA, 
you were dropping you and are thousands and thousands a of lot dollars. to go watch Luca from me to you. Yeah, I, I can pay fifty dollars for for a grounds pass at, at a local PGA tour event, and I can literally stand seven feet away from Justin Thomas. Yeah, and he may talk to you. He like, might. You, you may be like roll tide, man, and he'll like he'll he'll interact. You know. Yeah. Um, there's some great golf clips like that where it's uh, you know they're talking to a kid or whatever. They'll ask the kid what club they should hit and. Uh, toss them a ball or whatever. Um, I, yeah, and, like, that's the great part of all those. When I think back of all the great Tiger shots or whatever, and, again, like I know, especially with the Masters, there's a level of, like, decorum. And, you you know, it's, it's um, this legacy thing. But, like, you think about some of the great shots and the great moments in golf history – like you think about the crowd and they're the fucking yeah and it's it's like if if they were out there alone it wouldn't be any golf is such a nerve-wracking in your head sport to play with nobody watching much less thousands of people uh, you know a few feet from you so like yeah I, I and I'm not you know the biggest golf fan in the world but uh like they could definitely do better in marketing their athletes personality and like you know just being making them be as big as the game you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think we're seeing it so i'm i'm really stoked about this netflix show um i i think that what you saw between patrick reed and and rory mcelroy is going to become more of a thing than it has been in the past i think you've got the perfect storm right now and uh it's going to be fun to watch so i'm i'm really excited about that but Let's move on past our sports topics. Let's get into our, some of our news topics. And I think what we're going to have to end up doing here is we're, we're going to have to cut out a topic or two because we're already 53 minutes into our podcast now. Yeah, so that's all right. We'll start out with the Dallas Zoo. This one hits very close to home. Uh, even if you don't live Literally. in Dallas, uh, I don't. I, I would be kind of surprised if you haven't heard about what's going on with the Dallas Zoo, but it's been crazy over the last month dallas zoo had a terrible january yeah i mean you hear about exotic animals being stolen or or on the loose like about as often as like commercial plane crashes like it's like maybe (laughs) one makes national news there's yeah national news and it's like one a year (laughs) and within like a month the dallas zoo had four animals escape six so like so we had a vulture that got killed in its enclosure. Yes. We had a, a rare clouded leopard species. Uh, on the loose? Uh, just on the loose for like most of a day. And there, I live like five <laughs> minutes from the zoo, dude. There was a chance you could see that bitch in your backyard. Yeah, and I don't think like my my two dogs and cats are doing a lot against the leopard. Um, don't like their chances. Terrifying. No. I mean, yeah, and just, uh, one, again, one instance, like... I. Sure, like I know that happens. Um, this was like this was like four in a span of two weeks. <laughs> like apparently, one of the monkeys that was uh, that was missing and, and reportedly stolen was they um, tried to sell it on some exotic animal <laughs> Craigslist type website. Uh, yeah, what so, the fuck? Dude? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the latest. Yeah. We had two monkeys go go missing. Uh, two tamarind monkeys. Yeah. And uh, the, it actually turned out they were just stored at some fucking, like, warehouse in Dallas. They found them. Uh, thankfully, they're both okay. It was, like I said, it was two of them. When, they were, when it was noticed that they were missing, it was like, clearly someone, like, broke in there and took them. I don't know how you steal monkeys. That sounds like an athletic feat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm... 
I'm uh, is fascinated. I'm equally fascinated and terrified, but like by by primates and uh, yeah. How, what do you you like bribe him with something, or you just have the balls to like grab him and throw him in a in a cage or a bag? Yeah. How I do got, you how do you evade all the security cameras? I see. I don't know because after the after the vulture incident took place, and especially after the after the clouded leopard, they did institute. Uh, more security as they fucking should. So they they got 24-hour surveillance, they got uh 24-hour security. Somehow these these people were were still able to come back and break two monkeys out of an exhibit and take them off somewhere. Mary was telling me today I hadn't seen this. Apparently this guy that took these monkeys. So first of all, he it's thought that he might be connected to the clouded leopard as well. Mm-hmm. But um apparently he was asking around like how do I take care of tam- tamarind monkeys? Like, what what do they like? Eat? Word of mouth or like or like uh, uh, Quora? Like, what's the what's the website? Ask Jeeves. Like, <laughs> just posting it out there, like that guy who Chat murdered GPT. his wife. How do I dispose of a hundred twenty pound body? Um, yeah, I. You and I have have gotten up, uh, you know, scratched the surface into the life of zookeepers, um, and we know how tough their dating scene is. Yeah. One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, we don't know what else they're up to, man. And just from all the information given, this all points to a mole, a man on the inside, like somebody with access to the well, zoo. Well, that's that's what everyone was assuming. Yeah. Because especially now that you have all these advanced security measures taking place it's like it's got to be an inside job it doesn't sound like this guy was connected from what i've heard um he's facing multiple charges and there are more coming down you know coming his way uh i saw a few of them they were like animal cruelty and a few other things and i was like well what about breaking and entering yeah i I feel like that's got to be a a big one that's it's got to be like a felony charge or, or something. Or like theft of property over, like, what is a clouded leopard worth, you think? Well, I don't think he stole the clouded leopard. I think he was uh, intending to, and that thing just got loose. But, yeah, it's... He put a leash around <laughs> like, Come on, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully this is the end of the saga. Hopefully it was just a bad January. But... Uh, yeah, it's been a really bad January for the Dallas Zoo. And you imagine you like step out in your yard, let your dog out, and there's just a, not even a le- like a leopard. One thing would make you shit yourself, but there's just like two monkeys swinging around in your yard, like <laughs> throwing poop at your dog. Um, and the Dallas Zoo's nice. Like I've been there multiple times. Like it's a it's a decent zoo. Um, it's all right. Yeah, they've clearly yeah like not you know uh, clear better than the the Cincinnati Zoo, which we mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, this is nuts, and we'll see. You know, if it continues, if if this guy was the lone culprit. Uh, but yeah, lo- uh, lock up your exotic animals. Keep an eye. Yeah, on. no kidding. So moving from one animal topic to another, we've got Canada's uh, groundhog. So Canada had their groundhog day, and uh, lo and behold, Fred Lamarmont. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's how. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he was found dead today. Yeah, what does this mean? Oh, I'm sorry. This was not today. This was February second. So yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was getting a little ahead of the curve. <laughs> Fred Le Maman. He. Uh, yeah, this is in this is in Quebec. So this is a this is a French groundhog. He died during hibernation. 
That's what, yeah, that's what it appears to be. So they have their big gathering of people that are showing up to find out, do do we have more winter or do we have spring? Because apparently groundhogs determine that. Uh, It's not the weather. It's not any other sort of. It's not the solstice. It's none of that. It's what? What does this fucking groundhog say? What so does everyone, this damn vermin. What everyone, does vermin say? Yeah, everyone shows up, ready to see what Fred's got to say about things, and Fred doesn't come out. The person that that goes to Fred to to fetch Fred out of his little hole comes out and says, "I'm I'm I'm sad to announce, Fred has he's he's passed on to the next life," and. The way that they went about things kills me. They uh, they had a few kids. They they just asked a random bunch of kids that were there for the ceremony. Well, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we getting more winters at spring, and these kids said six more months of winter. Like, I just I really wish we could see some video of these poor children showing up to see their favorite groundhog. Being asked, well, what do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Well, now that the groundhog's dead, uh, whose idea was it to round up (laughs) six children? (laughs) Uh, I just want to see their somber prediction. Well, the groundhog is dead. We will question these Kindle Godnos. We'll see what they say. Like, what do you expect a six-year-old to say, dude? He's fucking dead. We have more winter. Um... (laughs) Yeah, this is a sounds like a uniquely Canadian <laughs> problem. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I think winter may never end out there, dude. Uh, this is a. Does it? Do they know how old he was? Uh, I, I didn't wonder see if it's natural causes that, yeah. or he just got frozen. I don't know if he ate too much. I don't know if he got frozen. I don't know what the deal is, but he he passed on. To groundhog heaven uh, during hibernation is, is what it appears. There, there does not seem to be any indication of foul play. Um, clearly, he wasn't in Dallas. So, ah, well, it says uh, they're due for more winter, uh, and they're not the only provinces. Nova Scotia's groundhog, Shubenacadie Sam. Uh, there's no way I pronounce that right. Gazunite. Um Saw her shadow, meaning six more weeks of winter there as well. So, hunker so, down, bud. So, what if you what if you have competing groundhogs that are like predicting two different things? Well, it sounds like they do. Quebec has their own Nova Scotia. Well, right, has but own. what if they say what if they determine two different things? Then what? Scandinavia moves on into the spring, and no, it's got to be settled somehow. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just be a, throw them in a throw them in a little ring and see who comes out standing. I like that idea. I don't. I don't know. I mean, does the U.S. is Punxsutawney Phil the the United States' only official groundhog? As far as I know, I don't I, think I thought he was everyone's. I don't groundhog. think this is a state's right. I thought he was issue. the world's groundhog. <laughs> yeah, me too. I didn't know Canada had their own. Yeah. I know they've got their own uh, uh, Thanksgiving and and. They've got Canada Day and, and whatnot, but I didn't know they had their own groundhogs up there. They're calling their own shots. Learn new things every day. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next topic, we've got Tesla in the news. Um, this one's pretty wild, and apparently it's not the only instance of this happening, but there's a fella that uh, purchased a, a Tesla, 
he was waiting patiently for his Tesla to arrive via via snail mail, and his <laughs> because apparently that's how you buy vehicles it from rolled, Tesla. It rolls off a USPS truck. Uh, he got his Tesla. And um, as it turns out, he's driving a few days later with his entire family in the car on the highway, and his steering wheel just pops off. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know this was a recurring issue until this article. Um, but they do make those dumb steering wheels. They make like those racing style steering wheels that uh, I've always thought. Every time I've seen the inside of a Tesla, I'm like that. It just doesn't sit right to me for some reason. And I like maybe I'm a I'm a simpleton who's used to. Uh, a nice round wheel, but uh, it just never looked right as they were driving through traffic. And apparently, they're not secured very well because there was another person in 2020 who sued, and I think there was another person in 2021 who did the same. There have been several, several instances of people getting litigious with Tesla, and yeah. it sounds like most of them are well founded. Yeah. Uh, the self driving is. A complete racket. Apparently, Mercedes has now rolled out a self-driving vehicle that works way better than Tesla does. Well, I would probably trust them a bit more. Yeah, yeah. probably. But, um, yeah, back in 2020, it was just determined that they didn't fucking bolt the steering wheel on. And that's why it came off. It was just like, it was snapped in like a Lego. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this one, they're not sure yet. There, there's still some discovery that needs to take place. But it seems like that's probably the case. I they mentioned um, another lawsuit back in 2018 with Ford. They had some vehicles that um, the bolt that bolts the steering wheel on, yeah. over time, it would start to basically come undone and steering wheels would come off. I've heard and of they that. they recalled well, a bunch of vehicles They would for come it. loose. Right. Like, I've heard of, I've heard of uh, that in a number of different—I think Jeep had an issue with that, too, um, where the steering column would, like, fall out of place. But not, like— I've never heard of the steering fall wheel. Fall off in your lap. Fall into your lap while you're <laughs> going like 70 on the highway. Um, that's insane. Like, I, I I know Teslas are cool, and I, I still haven't been in one. I'd li- like, I would like I to. I rode in a few when I was in Seattle. Did you? Like, every Uber that I took was, was, a, it was Tesla? a Tesla. I'd love every to get in, like, the, the Plaid Model S and just, like, go zero to 80 real quick and just, you know, silently. That's got to be pretty sick. But yeah, there, there's just like more and more things I, I keep hearing where it's just like, what did they are they building these things in like 40 <laughs> minutes? They're just like throwing this shit together. Um, and you know, I'm not like the biggest Elon Musk fan, uh, but I don't it, know a lot of people who are it, these days. But that, but that's nuts. Like, st- I mean, Teslas have been out for like 10 years now, and steering wheels are falling off. Yeah, that's insane, dude. <laughs> that's insane. I get it. Self-driving vehicles sounds like a huge undertaking. Sounds sick. It, it, it sounds very difficult to to get right. So if that's the case, all right, I get it. You, you got to take some time to get that to work right. Your fucking steering wheel needs to stay in place regardless. Yeah, <laughs> like that's pretty imperative to driving a vehicle. Um, just. That's pretty uh, just a hilarious thing to my, like, especially since the guy was okay and nobody got hurt. Yeah. I mean, you just like, I'd love to see dash cam video of that guy. I just watch his steering wheel oh, fall, fuck, fuck, fuck. fall onto his dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trucker when their brakes go out. Um, that's just insane. I'll, I'll keep driving my Toyota, though, for the time being. So I think we'll cap off now since we're almost an hour and ten in with uh, today's Today I Fuck 
uh, sorry, today is today I fucked up. Today I fuck. Today I fuck. Hell yeah, dude. Every day, but today especially. Um, so today is today I fucked up. I, I was actually doing some research trying to find some good ones for this episode. Let me just say I've got a bunch of them lined up for future episodes. But the one that I wanted to do today was today I fucked up by going on 4chan. Mm. Something I... Wait. I've never done it. I don't intend to. I have, but uh, I don't think I ever, like, I think they have an app, maybe. I don't think I ever downloaded it, but I think I have been on there. No, no, I haven't. I've never been on 4chan. Uh, (laughs) I was thinking about uh, Chive for some reason. Chive, dude. Chive. Yeah, very similar. (laughs) Not remotely. Um, Never been on 4chan. Chive, Chive and Fortune. You, you'd be surprised what you see on Chive. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it was Tumblr. I'm thinking a Tumblr. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I for, have wanted to check out Fortune. I'll be honest. I have no interest whatsoever. I've just heard the shit that you see on Fortune will literally change you for life, and that appears to be the case here. Fortune is basically like Reddit for people that. Like, the wiring is just completely off in their brains. There's stuff that you'll see on 4chan that you can never unsee, and that that seems to be the issue with our poster here. It's Reddit for flat earthers. No, dude. It's like Reddit for future serial killers. Like, people that just want to see the most fucked up shit that you can imagine. It's it's horrendous. The things that I've heard that people have seen on 4chan, it's like... It's like stuff that will make you question everything. So let's just jump into it and you'll get a better idea. Um, Hello, everybody. This is one of my first posts on Reddit, so be patient with me, please. So basically what happened is I went on the adult gift board on the website 4chan. What can I say? I was horny and stumbled across a wrecked thread. R-E-K-T. Wrecked. Now, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I clicked on it, and some of the most horrible gore I've ever clicked on, uh, I've ever seen popped up. I'm talking beheadings, shootings, horrible, horrible things. I even saw the video of the POW getting castrated by Russian soldiers that you may have heard of in the news. Horrible things I can't even describe on here. By the way, I haven't heard of it in the news. I hadn't either, I'll be honest. Um... I don't think CNN or, or Fox News or MSNBC really cover... I don't recall the last castration notification I got. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same. I don't think I've ever gotten one of those. Uh, but anyway, um, horrible things I can't even describe on here. If you've ever been on 4chan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I can't stop thinking about it. All day and night, and I think I may be badly traumatized... Every time I look at someone, I think of the things I've seen, and it makes me have an anxiety attack, basically. I know I deserve no sympathy since I have done this to myself, and it's my own fault, and I'm not shooting any shots at 4chan either. I know I shouldn't have been there. I'm just looking for advice. I have so much anxiety all the time, and I'm so scared that these horrible things will one day happen to me. Yikes. Have Um, you ever encountered anything on the internet that, like, uh, was so shocking and, and so horrible that it, like... There's a cartel gave be- you anxiety. Uh, not long term. There's a and I've seen a lot. I'm I like, I'm a I'm a big uh, 
morbid morbid reality is a uh, is a uh, subreddit that I follow that can be pretty gruesome. Uh, and I've seen a lot of stuff. Like there was a uh, period, like middle school, like eighth to ninth grade, roughly, where that was a yeah, common a thing kick. among. Well, it wasn't just me. It was like it was you know my friend. I wasn't the guy. <laughs> like lunch, he was like, "Hey, did you see this cartel beheading?" <laughs> but like it became, you know, I imagine like you too saw like two girls, one cup, or like outrageous videos. That is as outrageous as it has gotten with me. I do honest. remember a cartel beheading of like a like a, f- a fat guy that they 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 there's two guys and they cut one they decapitate one guy with a chainsaw and the other with just a large knife and uh, I remember those like I vividly remember those and you can't erase that. No, nah, there's a few other I like uh like car wreck. Um, in like third world, like people riding in the bed of a truck and getting hit. Like, I, there's a few I remember, but it never that have like kept me up at night or like really bothered me to my core. If I saw anything like that in person, I'm sure it would be different. Yeah. But because there's that level of separation or dissociation when you view it through a screen, like it's never like followed me. You know. See, I'm I'm a bit of a pussy when it comes to stuff like that. Like okay. I actively avoid things like are that. Are you really? Because you don't see... So here, here's my thing. You like, don't strike I, me as that guy. I, I like watching... As the guy who's like sent me pictures of his bowel movements and stuff. Like, you don't... <laughs> like, not that that necessarily directly correlates... Listen, but that's I, different. Everyone sends pictures of their shits to their, their dudes. That's true. Like, you know, yeah, that's, that's true. just something we do. It's weird, but it, it happens. Um, but no, like, anything that I know is going to be, like, grotesque. Um, just horrific to watch. I made myself watch Two Girls One Cup because it was such a phenomenon. Oh, you at the time. you you did it on your own. Nobody like no tri- no no okay. no no. I was with a friend. Okay, and they were like, "Have you seen it?" And I was like, "Fucking pull it up!" Like just like I, I've I can't be the only guy in the world that hasn't seen this. Yeah, but like videos of like gruesomely broken bones and like just outright just gore and stuff like that i do try to avoid that Mm -hmm. i think the only video that i've ever seen where uh, it like really stuck in my memory of like oh my god like this shit's happening i I watched some like cinematic um i want to say it was isis video um and i just happened upon it i didn't mean i wasn't looking for it of these these people like burning a guy in a cage like lighting him on fire yeah and you watch as like the fire's catching up to him, and then it engulfs his entire body. Yeah. And like you're literally wa- you watch this guy like crouch down, and like the skin start falling off his body and shit. And th- that ain't for me, man. Like yeah. I can't I can't watch that shit. I can't watch badly broken bones. Yeah. I'm not trying to see. I'll, I like watching fight videos. Those those are funny to me. Like I like watching people just get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets to a point where you've got a guy on top of another dude just, like, beating him to a pulp, that's where I typically, like, go up to the next video. Um, but, yeah, man, like, the the gore and, like, the crazy shit, like, that's never been for me. Yeah. I remember back in the day, probably, like, 8th, ninth grade, everyone was into, uh, dude, did you see B&E Pain Olympics? Fucking no. And I will not oh. ever watch that. Absolutely Is that not. Dude, that shoved a screwdriver down his dick hole. There were several videos. Okay. There was there was like a guy that did that. There was another dude. I remember. Someone that. told me about a guy that like had like 
wires attached to his butt cheeks and he like attached them to lawnmower blades and turned it on it just like ripped his shit apart what um another guy just like crushing his dick with like like between two pieces of plexiglass oh my god just the worst shit that you can imagine like i have never been the type of guy to to want to go find these things so that's like my threshold like i can watch I, and I think I, I think I sent you one on Instagram the other day. Like a vid, there was a boat boating accident. That was amazing. Those guys are definitely dead. Like those guys are for sure dead. It was in one of those crazy speedboats. But goes again, like that's like that's so zoomed out. You yes. can't see the after. You don't see their bodies getting mangled. You just see yeah. you just see a boat, basically backflip. a racing boat yeah. backflip and two bodies just like hit the water from probably a hundred yards away, going like two hundred. Yeah, like. <laughs> But yeah, there's some there's uh, that is one thing. Like I can uh, watch a, a like a, a car wreck that I can assume probably resulted in fatalities. But like yeah, when I'm watching high, like <laughs> up close high def screwdriver down urethra, <laughs> like that's uh, that's probably my threshold. Is is where you get to shit like that. The scary thing for me is there's people out there that not only can watch that they seek it out. And that's what 4chan is. Those are the people that need 4chan to be. is the people that watch B&E Pain Olympics and they're like, "Oh my god, dude, I got to show this to all my friends." Why? Yeah, that um yeah, that uh, you're fucked up if that if you reach that point. If, if that's what you get to. Um because what yeah. like what makes you shudder at that point? Like what makes you like right. go, "Oh my god, like that I can't believe I just watched nothing. There's yeah. nothing. It's funny too how different things uh like broken bones I can watch for the most part but occasionally there are some um that are like the Kevin Ware still like it, like the I, Ke- to this day I've never seen the video. I've just seen the the, the photos vi- after the fact. Oh, well those are worse than the video because he's on the the video he's on the far side of the court. You see his leg bend funny, but you don't quite see what happened for real. Yeah. And then the photos from that sideline yeah. are like you can see like tibia sticking out. But yeah. that to me, yeah, that's worse to me. Have you ever seen the video of that girl? It's like a Russian video of a girl. I think she's maybe like in a bikini, going very fast in like a, uh, I assume like a supercar. I mean, I she's can, flying. I can almost just, like I can almost assure you that any. Anything like this that you bring up, it's a no. But anyway, well, continue. this one's more common because it's not. You don't see. Mu- it ends basically when this happens. But she like, I'm, she like leans out the window of this car going faster than fuck, and she, they hit a pole. But you, I mean, you just hear like ping, and then the video ends. Like she definitely got decapitated, but you don't see anything after the fact. I can. That to me is easier to watch than yeah, like Kevin Ware, like a guy who lived is doing fine, <laughs> but just had bone like an exposed tibia sticking out of his leg, like, um, yeah. But I I, I totally agree with you. People who seek that out and, uh, you know, are unlike the person who wrote this post, completely unaffected, and then want to share it with people, yeah, corral those people and and fucking do something. Round them up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental illness out there, and I feel like that's gotta. If you if you can actually watch stuff like that and not just stomach it but enjoy it, there's got to be some mental illness there. I think. Got to be. Anyway, we're an hour and twenty in. I think this is probably the point where we should uh, cut things off. Um, 
for anybody out there that listened to this whole thing, and if you watch this thing and we actually put it out on video, um, really appreciate all of our listeners and now viewers, I guess. Yeah, we apologize for having to, <laughs> having to look at us. We never intended for this to be. Yeah, to apologies if we just look horrendous. I'm, I'm wearing, you know, I, I knew this was the occasion where we would sh- like have video on our first time, and I wore some sweatpants that I've had since you like wore, eighth grade. You wore and your they look like sweats. They look like my dad's sweatpants. Like these things have never ever fit me, and they still don't. My sweatpants have bleach stains on them for some reason. So yeah, that looks. It actually looks like it belongs. Though. It looks stylish though. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm about it. But but um, my, my my advice for y'all this week is stay the fuck off 4chan. Stay off 4chan. Unless you uh, enjoy that, I guess. Stay away from our zoo. God damn it. Yeah. And, Stop uh, fucking with our animals. Yeah. Do that. Enjoy. Uh, well, we'll be back before the Super Bowl. We'll yep. we'll get into the weeds on the Super Bowl, but uh, in the meantime, and enjoy college basketball. Um, any golf drama that unfolds, <laughs> and um, yeah, y'all have a good week.